Peace, fam. Welcome back. Thank you for joining this conversation, which is already in progress. Part two. And so I think I think that's why I asked you to bring this up because I feel like it all fits, right? Yeah. You know, one, you mentioned something about us not really understanding love. We've been convinced to buy into that, like that love gives me butterflies and makes me feel good. But from a scripture standpoint, and I stand by this, it says, better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. So if you love me, you're going to tell me the truth, even if it hurt. But if you lying just because you don't want to hurt me, shit. Now I'm quite. I don't. You don't love me, in my opinion. Like I can't trust you because you will let me self sabotage and self destruct and won't say nothing because you love me. You scared of hurting my feelings. You know and what then, saying? and then you got all these people, and I ain't coming for nobody. You know what I'm saying? You, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Believe you in love, but you got all these people who will be at these services, be at these weddings, crying when they read First Corinthians thirteen. And they start talking about love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love does not boast. It is profound. They go, they go through, and it's like, oh, that's what I want. I want y'all to read them scriptures backwards. I, you know, this is my brain. I know I, I'm off a little bit, but I think people will catch what I'm saying, right? If they listen close, they can catch up to what I'm saying. Read those scriptures backwards, not backwards like read it from the beginning to the end, but each one of those phrases, phrases. Is love, if love is patient, then it's letting you know <laughs> your patience will be tried, right? If love does not envy, then it's letting you know you will be tempted to envy. But love don't do that. There's a reason why it had to tell you how love behaves. One, for you to figure out what's real love versus what is fake love. I think that's part of it. But the other thing as a recognition that if you're going to be in love and engaged in love, you need to understand the norms of love. Because you will be tempted to envy. You you will be. You will be tempted to boast, right? To have that that self-centered pride. We talked about that a little bit in one of our check-ins before. You you will be tempted to think about dishonoring others. It like like so I think sometimes we think of it like, oh, when I when I receive love, that's how it'll behave. No, I felt I felt less like it was like that's it was when I read that scripture, I don't read it as when I engage in love with my wife. The, the I'll know she loves me if she's patient with me, kind with me, does not envy, does not boast. No, I felt like those were like, like this is the rules of the road. <laughs> and if you're going to engage in love, this is what you got to do, fam. <laughs> this is how it works because this is what love, true love is. So I don't read it at the, the way of like, oh, when it comes to me, that's how it'll behave. I read it to say, this is what, this is how we cultivate it. We cultivate love and expressions of love by behaving in ways that are patient and kind and not centered in envy and not boastful, that are not proud and self-centered. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a cultivation. I see it as this is how we can cultivate love in our relationship. And so I, I do think that we are in an ecosystem of the major finesse. And I think the major finesse is not just a it's not just a man thing. It's not just a woman thing. It's not even, even just a black and, black and brown and, and marginalized folks thing. It is an American thing. It is a. It is like it is, and it might be global. But we're in the age of the finesse, fam. We 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 literally have television shows about catfishers, and I'm not just talking about television shows that put catfishers on blast. We have game shows about catfishers where catfishers are catfishing each other. Like this is the world that we have, where we are living our world through these glimpses of what we are projecting to others. Rather than living our world through those things that last and that have been, you know, that connect to who we are intergenerationally. And I think that's what has gotten in the way is that we're not saying I want to find a human who I want to stand next to, figure this love out thing with. However, that may look, however, that may engage, whatever work we need to do, we're going to stand next to each other. and We're going to do the work. And that's the love. We're looking for the package. We're looking for like that perfect package to come. Like we want to stock X our love, fam. We want to, we want to, you know, go. We 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 want to go and purchase it and look at it from all the angles, and then put our bid in, and, and then hope that we cop the right thing. And it's not like that. It's it's, it's never going to be like that, in my opinion. So, 
I think that finesse sometimes for some folks is is happening because people want to fit firmly in one of those binaries. I cannot tell you how many times I didn't tell somebody how I truly felt about something because I didn't want to hurt their feelings and didn't want them to be harmed. And it was really centered on my own ego and my lack of faith and my lack of trust that they could they could handle it. I'm not going to kill them. I'm not, you know, me being honest is not going to kill them. And it's not going to kill me either, right? So I, I think that's one thing. But coming, you know, when we talk about it could be on purpose and not on purpose, I think some of it is really based in trauma. And I think some of the finessing that we do is, you know, remember we had that conversation about our inherent relationship with death and talking about how, like, you know, folks will say, all right, well, I won't do X, Y, and Z. But then other people are like, man, I could die going to the grocery store, so I might as well do whatever, right? I think some of it is based in trauma of relationships that we've experienced, relationships that we've seen, things that we see happen to other folks. I, I can be clear that I had a supreme lack of trust in a lot of ways for the women that I was intimate with based in relationships that I saw my uncles have. And it, and it, it wasn't nothing to disrespect those women or disrespect my uncles, but I would see certain things that they would argue about or see certain things they would be upset with their partners about. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to trust none of them. And, that, I, you know, I reneged on that. I'm, I'm, I trust my wife wholly. But when I was younger, I thought that was the answer. And I think a lot of it is like that, that we – we, we finesse ourselves in these ways and believe that we have to lie to ourselves or have these unrealistic expectations about how we engage with the world. And it's based sometimes in trauma and traumatic events that we've been through. Definitely. And I, and I, and I think that's why, you know, we got to where we was at with the topic. You know, we gave you all this long buildup. But I think that was part of the, con- the conversation in the sense that we really have to look at the person in the mirror and be honest with ourselves um, not only be honest about who we are, mm-hmm. um, our strengths, but also our weaknesses, right? Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, we have to be honest about what we want or what we're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Too often we get into these quote unquote contracts or we engage in these um, relationships of any capacity uh, with a lack of honesty about what we want, what we're looking to gain, what we have to offer, um, and really engaging in that conversation. And then a lot of issues come from from people, you know, violating uh, expectations that they didn't even know, right? Yeah. Or some, someone violating expectations that you didn't even know you had until it happened, and then you're like, oh, this, this offended me, right? And so we talked about boundaries at one point. I think that's where the boundaries piece comes in because part of understanding who you are is allowing you to understand what your boundaries are mm-hmm. and then you start being more honest about, you know, self, you know, so I'll give you a prime example for me. Um, when my last relationship fell apart, I remember I was just, I approached the work from a place of what do I got to do to get back to home? Because mm-hmm. to me that home. So her and her daughter was home for me. And I wasn't thinking about what do I have to do to deal with me? And so one of the things that I realized in doing that work is that I was physically present, but mentally gone. Yeah. Because I was too busy trying to figure out how to get to where I felt like I needed to be for them, not understanding all they needed was for me to be me, regardless of the futuristic stuff. And me being me, a big component of who I am is being present with somebody that I love and care for. Yeah. Right? And that, and that was that was a tough pill to swallow because I I know I had done so much work just specifically with my own research and the work that I do I did so much work to try to un to deprogram myself and then the minute you throw an individual and her daughter into the scenario I immediately fall back into the provider like all right I got to get to this money I got to do this I want to give her this and none of this is being asked to me but it was more so this this vision that I had of what we can be and what I had to do on my end to get there, right? Yeah, because we got to we got to stop letting other people set the bars. Like and and, I, and in some ways I'm thinking literally bars. Like so so hearing you talk about that and when you said like they didn't ask for that. I often wonder if we were in a different scenario. Like if we could create a different space where, you know, we weren't in a in a country that was based in racial racialized capitalism. Um, and we didn't have this, you know, uh, this, this space that, that's that othered us and didn't show us our worth and, and didn't, and didn't care for our worth and try to, you know, behave as if we were subhuman. If we weren't in this subhuman space, would we have the same hangups? 
Like, I often wonder that, like, will we will we do that? And then I think, like, well, damn, where do we get these hangups? And some of it is, you know, you have I talked about it, like, things we've experienced, we've seen our parents experience. So you're like, you know, I'm not going to experience that. Or we've seen, our, you know, our family's experience. But some of it is just listening to other folks, whether it's through movies, music, media, et cetera. I was, I'm surprised. I, you know, my wife always puts me on to something. But I'm surprised at how many people just follow random people on social media who would just tell them but you know what their thoughts are on their lives and then they'll use that as oh, okay that's the way I should do it too or or like you think or like here's one and I'm not trying to be disrespectful I'm, I'm going to keep it real let's just be real we know that some rap is for the streets some rap is for the strip club some rap is for the trappers like and we may love it and we may know that it's a base form of our our culture and you know what I mean and I doubt anybody on this on this podcast is gonna pull out the blicky and and and, and bust thirty at any op, but we all listen to certain things that don't sit well with our current life, with the way we actually work in the world, right? We listen to songs, and you know, from I don't want no scrubs to you know rappers talking about how many hoes they getting through, and like like we listen to this, and we really be taking life notes. Like this is what I really want, and so like I, I legit know people who are looking like he can't be no broke boy because broke boys don't get no, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like part of me wants to be like, okay, I respect it. If you're not a broke boy, that's flattering, mm-hmm. but it's but it's also transactional. Mm. So you're not gonna have no trust for nobody if you're not a broke boy that sings that, right? And, and I think one day we have to talk about that. We gonna have to. And what we do, I'm gonna bring into it South Park's episode called "Butters Bottom Bitch." Oh, come if you on! Ain't seen Listen, it, man. If you, if you ain't seen it, it's, it's it's wisdom in there. Butters was dropping knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Don't judge every me, episode. You find the world a way. talks to me as one of its ways. You find a way, fam. Every episode to be like, wait, what? Okay. Uh, have, have, have you never seen it? Listen, fam. I'm a, I'm a no soft. I don't mess with South Park. I'm gonna send it to look, man. South Park got some, it, it, you know. Under, yeah, G. It's, I feel, it's, a, it's satire, though, right? It's satire. So it's doing it what is. It's supposed to do. It is satire, but I be feeling some type of way. But I'm just gonna keep it real. But I, but you can send it to me. I'll check it out. But but we gonna have to have a conversation about how we take cues from the music and the movies and the things that we watch. And, and some of it is, you know, hey, listen. If I'm if I'm gonna be if I'm at a at a party. And, and, you know, we are getting to the core of ourselves, right? Getting to that base cultural, we juking, we doing our thing. And, you know, when it's up and it's up, come on, I know how to play my position in that space. Okay. But let's keep 1,000. That's not scripture, fam. That is, that is not holy text. And if you and if you were sitting here saying, hey, I'm going to base my life on this, I, I, I'd question it. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that to say we have folks that listen to these songs and they and they make these beliefs and then they project these things on the people in their lives. But you got but you also got to take into consideration it's all, it's like the fantasy that is in conversation with your reality. So let me give you a prime example. You know what I'm saying? We maybe you touched on this before it's like growing up the the bigger boy, right? Mm-hmm. Like you might be cool, you smart, you know what I'm saying? You you can smell good, dress good, but you're a bigger boy and so you just don't get the same amount of love. And so I can't I can't co-sign that, fam. So growing up, <laughs> I can't co-sign that. That's me, right? No, I'm so fucking with you. Up, fucking with growing you, up, right? <laughs> I used to faithfully, from like eighth grade on, every weekend before I would go out, as I'm getting dressed, I would watch two movies. G. I was studying it like it was text, like it was gospel. G. For the record, this lets you know how toxic I was. I'm not saying I'm not still toxic. I think we all toxic, but I've come a long way, right? And I'm and I'm grateful for that. But I was studying Boomerang and how to be a player, right? Wow. And so over the time, like, it became, man, I remember when I got to college, and one, and one of the only books that I remember reading in college was a autobiography of Bishop Magic Don Juan, right? And so I was internalizing these lessons and this way of how to navigate it, and then on top of coming from, from my background where like all the men in my family were raised, like, yo, your manhood is determined by the number one you slash, right? Mm-hmm. I remember I used to get called virgin boy to like 17. And and it was because I didn't want to lose my virginity because I felt like I saw this where they all went bad. Like once they let loose, 
it was all downhill from there, drugs, alcohol, they didn't graduate, yada, yada, yada. But I remember how I used to internalize that shit because it was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta, I'm trying to figure it. And then, you know what I'm saying? When when me and my high school sweetheart broke up, the way in which we broke up, I felt like all the men was like, hmm, come to the dark side, right? Yeah. And, and, and so all that, all those lessons and how to play this game and how to navigate this. See, at one time I had two phones, see? I was in college with two phones. Why? Why? But anyway, just in terms of like how those messages are given to you, and even when you're trying to combat it because you want to be Russ, like at any point in time, it is that fucking easy to quote unquote switch and be future. And, and that's what I hate about this comparison is I, I don't wish this on Russ. I don't wish this on Sierra. But a part of me do feel like I need y'all to see that he ain't perfect, right? Just like I hope somewhere down the line, you know what I'm saying? We start to see pictures of a future with a woman taking, like, you know, killing it, but in his own little way. So we can be like, look, see, y'all made it seem like he was, you know what I'm saying, supreme fuckboy, quote unquote, forever, as if, like, he, that's just who he is. And it's so fucked up, man. Like, I couldn't imagine being him in the amount of pressure in terms of how all, all negative things about black men are in terms of relationships are likened to him. Right. I mean, okay. So, so here's another thing, man. It's also because this is unnatural. And what I mean by that is I'm not suggesting that relationships should be like all shrouded in this secrecy of the relationship. And sometimes you got to guard your relationship, do what you got to do. I'm not getting in your way. If you are in the field where, you know, information about your relationship can, become public and toxic and whatever you know i know artists i know producers i know people that actors and whatnot and i know sometimes they they are close to the cuff and you know i mean keep stuff close to their chest concerning their relationships and i understand why but i also have to be clear that one of the issues is we are behaving as if we know the people for real that's one we're behaving as if we know their relationship for real too. And we're behaving as if we actually see anything other than what's curated for us from their relationship. Because ultimately like real relationships are very intimate and are very close to the people that are actually in them. And, and at times that can create a danger. When you think about people that have been in relationships in the past who you know were in unhealthy relationships and people were being harmed, but no one knew because of how close to the cuff they were keeping everything and how, how how secretive they were. Or, but there is a honor in respecting your relationship and not making everything about public consumption. I and I think there's a nature, there's a natural part of that, right? Um, if something is 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 wrong or negative or someone's being harmed, we never want that. But I think it is natural for there to be some something that's sacred about keeping some shit to yourself. And I think that's one of the things that irritates me so deeply is that you're not going to know who they really are if they're really in a relationship that's about them. If they're really in a relationship where they're trying to grow together, you'll know that they're good human beings. You'll know how they present to the world. But you're not going to know what it... I am never going to know what it really feels like to get on Beyonce's nerves as her husband because that ain't none of my damn business. It's not my business. <laughs> it's not my business. I'm never going to know if she keeps the door open or closes the door when she in the bathroom. Because it's not my business. It's that man's business. All the quirks, all the, all, any, anything that could, we could see as negative or positive, it's that man's business to stand with her, stand in solidarity with her, love with her, grow with her. I don't know what her growth areas are because it's not my damn business. And I think we've been conditioned to believe this shit is our business and we're not taking care of our own business. The, the, the real of it is I should be, if, I, if I'm with a human being, I should be focusing on getting to know how can I thrive alongside this human being? And what can I do and how can I stand with them to support them in thriving as well? Because while, we're, while we are equally responsible for our own happiness, we have come together and said that we want to be happy together. So it's not under my business. And I think that's what irritates me is that, yeah, I get, I get how messed up it is that all the negative things that men have done now is future, right? Or like all the good guy things that guys have done is now is Russ or now is, you know, Steph Curry, right? And it's like, 
Come on, fam. And and then none of them asked for that. Let's just keep it. Let's let's keep it real. Future didn't send one no, no. meme. <laughs> Let me give you one more thing. You forget how much Russell used to get bashed for the white girls. Got, for the white girls, right? When Hella he white girls. Hella white. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember how corny they used to tell you? <laughs> It was, nobody I, care about Russell. Nobody want that corny ass nigga anyway. To yes, like and and I'm not talking about just trash by men and trash. I'm talking about women. Yeah. But you you so this so this is why I I'm that's why it's always weird for me when people are like you know I want this type I want a Jay Z and Beyonce. You don't know nothing about these people. Jay Z Jay Z could lift his leg and fart every time he come to breakfast. That ain't your business, and you don't you you may be signing up for some shit. That you don't know what, what it really the, is. Why is the shit that goes on in your head for that to be an example? Because because we don't because man, when you really married to some people, <laughs> Beyonce could could one of her favorite weird quirks. She could like lick an eyelid. She could just walk in the room, give Ooh. him a forehead kiss, and lick his eyelids. You don't know, but you but you sit here on this timeline like, look at them. I want to be them, and I think that's the problem. Is like. We we have been taught, we've been othered as a culture for so long that we want to be anybody but ourselves. When everybody want to be us. I think that's where it hits. The finessing happens because of inauthenticity. Even when it's a finessing when I don't know. When I've looked at myself, I had moments where I've been overwhelmed in the last six to eight months. Where it's just like, yo, I got a lot going on. My body has started to shut down. I know I'm not resting. I know I'm not doing what I need to do. I know what happens when I'm not doing those things. But what do I do? Oh, I got to just push through. I got to, you know, I take a quick nap and I push. And I'm finessing myself when what I really need is rest or what I really need is help or what I really need is to take a break or what I really need is a vacation or what I might need is better practices and, and more discipline in certain areas. And that's a part of the journey. So, so, so if I have moments where I disappoint me, then I should expect to have moments, intentionally or unintentionally, where I disappoint those that I love. And I'm not talking about the big stuff. You can you can spend a thousand dollars in Walgreens, twenty five cent at a time, fam. You it ain't, I ain't got to cheat on no woman to 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 disappoint her, right? I can be inconsiderate. I can I cannot listen. I cannot catch. There's tons of ways that we can disappoint each other. But but the truth of the love part is. That we've committed to, regardless of that disappointment, we gonna still be here. One of my homies, you know, uh, put on put on the Instagrams or whatever. Like people say that he's happily in, married, and he's like, "Well, happily married doesn't mean that I'm always happy with our marriage. It means that I'm happy to always come back and stand next to this one to get through whatever the things ha- may come." Right? Yeah, you gotta re- you gotta you gotta repeat that, man, because I think. Somebody could easily miss that point. You know what I'm yeah, saying? it's ha- being happily married. In, in in my opinion, and I agree with my, my my boy who put this out there. Like being happily married does not mean that in every moment in my marriage, I was joy. I was happy, or not every moment in my marriage I was joyous. Every moment in my marriage, I felt like we got it right. I felt like we've gotten it wrong quite a bit. The happy part is I'm happy to always come home and stand next to her. And we're going to face whatever is coming in this marriage and we're going to cultivate the love we want. Like, that's the happy part. I'm happy that's to true. keep coming home. So I, so I think what, what I think it's just like it's a part. It's an expression of where we are in our time and our age where we are looking to others to give us the blueprint on what should make us happy or what should make us, you know, well. Or we're looking for others to give us the blueprint on what we want in relationships when really that only is going to come from you. It's only going to come from me. And I'm just getting to this place to where I'm I'm having like I've always had open conversations with my wife. And you would think we'd have talked about everything. We've been together almost 15 years. But I'm learning things that is like, yo, I've never said this to you. This is how I feel when this is happening. And I've been putting it aside because I felt like I needed to do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes you'll have that conversation, they'll be like, yo, I agree. I, I felt like you needed to do X, Y, and Z. Or they might say, Why did you think you needed to do that? I got your back. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what they're going to say, but we'll be afraid of, of being our authentic selves. And so in my mind, it's really that need to want to finesse is because, one, we may not be uh, as vigilant in our journey of, of, of understanding ourselves and knowledge of self. Or two, we, we, don't, re- we don't connect in, authentic, in, in our, being inauthentic uh, 
with failing ourselves or we don't we don't connect that as as something that we have to have as a part of our relationship and that that inauthenticity is is what I think is really at the center of feeling like I need to finesse me or finesse somebody else and we got to get to that point where we can just be truthful and and truth and and not truthful in the like historical I want to I'm, I'm just telling you who I am and where I am so I can continue to do the shit that I've been doing truthful, right? Because we can we can be kind of, we can use that in a way that can be harmful too. But just be honest with who you are, where you are, and and communicate that to those that you're in relationships with and and have the prayer and the faith that is like, if that if this person really is down with me, then we can grow from this. We can, we can develop from this. We can build from this. And I'm not talking about go out here and violating that human being. But even when you talk about people's standards and they and what are the what are the guidelines for their relationships, a lot of that is centered on what they know about themselves and what they want for themselves. Which means there is some like let's come back to the way I looked at that scripture. Like you know, love is patient. All right, so if I'm gonna cultivate love. I'm gonna have to have some patience. It's the same thing I think with these boundaries in these relationships. That's one of the reasons why I think it's so silly that we 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 love you know shade rooming it up and talking about somebody's relationship when you weren't there when they set their ground rules. I, I don't know what the basis and the rules are with their relationship because they don't know what the basis and rules are in my relationship. And believe me, fam, they are not universal. They are not universal. And so I think I think we've given a lot for those in terms of how to stop the finessing for, as it pertains to the man in the mirror when it comes to your relationship or when yeah. it comes to others. So I'm, I'm going to touch on... What does that look like when it comes to self, right? Um, one of the hardest things, I think, is it's easier or I would say it can be better triggered when it's in relation to somebody else. But when it's just you and you got to deal with you, um, I feel like we all hear that calling to deal with the man in the mirror. Um, but, you know, we may not answer it. The majority of us don't. But I, But I think the thing is, too often we think we're answering it by, and if you got other things you want to add, please feel free to shoot it. I think one of the biggest things we think in terms of the answer to the call is to relocate, right? Oh, I, I, I just need to go somewhere else. I just need to do this because if I was somewhere else, it'll be different. It's like no, the the mirror may change, but the man is the same. Yeah. And so I, I had to I had to come to terms with that, and and so we have to really start thinking about, do I need to change my, my situation to deal with the person? Or should I focus on changing the person and odds are my situation will change? I, I, think, I think the way we're looking at it is wrong. Break it down. I think we look at it as a management conversation rather than a space conversation. Um, would you replace management with transaction? Yes. So, yes. Because since we've been talking about transactional love, and so the only difference yeah. between the two it's, is it's love trans- for someone else and self love, right? It's, yes. So, peep this. And- so, I'm so glad you said transaction. Okay. So, we think of it as uh, I'm finessing the man in the mirror. I got to get my shit together. I got to manage him. You know what I mean? He he fucking up. That's that's how we see it. And what I'm starting to realize in the last several months is it's less of that. It's, it's less of me waking up every day and saying, you know what I want to do? I want to fail myself. Or you know what I want to do? I want to lie to myself. It's been, it's been more I wake up and I haven't created space for me. I, I haven't created space for me to be honest with me. I don't even let myself emote. I don't let myself engage with pain i don't let myself grieve i don't give myself space to heal i don't i don't even realize i need to heal like like we don't realize how how we've not provided the space and what i what i realized is and we know this we know this oh man i I might be saying too much we know this because we all know that one person that we used to try to kick it with uh who came from a house that was strict I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to weave this without talking too crazy, you know. Uh, you know that person used to deal with who came from a house that was strict, where they weren't provided the space to explore things and engage with the world and kick it with friends. Some of us, men and women, 
we see that type of person and we think jackpot. Why do we think jackpot, Nino? Cause it's like I don't I don't have to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? We can ignore this. No, no. Because if you remember though, you remember kicking it with those. Let's let's take let's take church girls, right? And I'm, and I'm not saying that there is one monolithic church girl, right? But let's say that that person who like they never kicked it, they couldn't go to the parties, they couldn't do anything, they couldn't do nothing but go to church four days a week. You know what I'm saying? The the you know jean skirts to the sneakers type. You know what I mean? Like like they couldn't do it. When you finally got them away from the crib and got them in college, oh yeah, yeah. now you like wild out. Yeah, 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 now you understand me because because yeah. the, the issue wasn't that this person was like, I want to be reckless. The issue was they were never they never had the space. Uh, so they went wild. So they go wild. So we so when we don't create space for ourselves, and I'm not trying to disrespect nobody who you know what I mean. I'm a, I was a church boy. You know what I mean. Went to you no know, nomination church was my church, but my mama's church was the Church of God in Christ. And yes, I can sing the song. This is the Church of God in Christ. You just can't be, you just can't join in it. You got to be born in it. I know the whole joint, but nonetheless. <laughs> so no disrespect, but it was it because the space wasn't wasn't given to you to develop mm-hmm. your taste and develop who you are and and see yourself and maybe make mistakes or or to go to certain spaces and say well this is what I do and I may not do what you do but I can still enjoy we can still enjoy each other right mm-hmm. because we didn't create space for ourselves we 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 end up making this situation where it has to be like well you know I got to go hard I got to do this and it's, it's like nah I'm realizing it's, it's less about giving myself these weak ass half halftime television pep talks like you know we messed it up in the first half and you know now you gotta get you gotta dig in deep and get it together and it's more about like yo have i given myself space to be fully human and i'm finding that it's easier to convince myself to do the things that are good for me when i give myself space and i and i'm good to me mm. like 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 that's what i find when yeah. when I was being hella transactional myself, man, you ain't eating right. You got to do whoop, 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 whoop. working out was was a chore. Yeah, it was like yeah. working out. What I start start walking on this healing journey. Start giving myself space. Start doing things like saying I need off time or scheduling time for mm. me to be away. Or you know, mm. do, I start creating space for myself. And now it's like, hey, it's Sunday. Let's go work out. It's mm. Tuesday. Let's go work. Out. It's like it's not even like a. It's like it's a different human being I'm engaging with. Because mm. that person has had space and they, they recognize that like the person that is in relationship with them and mm. wow, this is crazy how this is all connected. You recognize that the person that you are in relationship with, you, <clears throat> cares for you enough to create safe space for you. And then you're able to create that same safe space for others. Like you said, your children, yeah. your partner, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your family. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, so I think it, I think you were right to kind of check us and bring us back to to us, you know, how we engage with ourselves. Cause you know, we went we went the way. We went the way of the relationships because you took me that way with them damn stories and that future <laughs> shit. But I think it's I think it's good for us to stick to the fact that it's like it starts with me. I'm I, I'm not good at being graceful with me. I'm not good with being compassionate with me. And I and, and maybe people that have engaged with me would say, You are kind to me and graceful with me and compassionate with me. But when I what I hear when I say when you, when you say that to me, what I hear is I hear something that's broken. Because I see like okay, well if I'm not if I'm good at being compassionate with you and I can't be compassionate with myself, then I'm I missed the step. That's one and two. Maybe the compassion you're feeling from me is not as good as it could feel. So as you said that to what popped up into my head is. You know how sometimes you get out the shower and the mirror is steamy and you see yourself mm-hmm. in the mirror. What popped up into my head is the image of sometimes we need to clean the mirror to be honest with what we see. Yeah. Because it could be foggy or we could have taken something and drawn it in place of where we know we'll be so we can only see that one thing. But it's, it's a matter of cl- what cleaning the mirror so you can see the man in it, right? Yeah, the full man. The, the, man. the, the man the man in the parts that you like and the man in the parts that you don't like, man in the parts that you're proud of, the man in the parts you're not proud of. But then, but then even after that, right, it's, it, it's, it's a journey that it doesn't get easy. So I, I hope anybody listening understand that we tell you what we did, but it doesn't get easy because the stages look like this. 
I clean the mirror. Yeah. Right? I look in the mirror. Right? And however long I can stand to look at what I look at, cool. Then I walk away from the mirror, and then I got to battle with what I saw in the mirror. Right? And I, and I, 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 I want to push back, fam. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then the next day comes, the question is, am I willing to clean the mirror again? Am I willing to look in the mirror again? And can I look a little bit longer? Right? And I think uh, the reason why I said I want to push back is that I don't, I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to move myself even when I talk about myself towards asset based language and towards and towards language that is constructive. And I think a lot of times, and this might sound petty, and this might sound like 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 it's just vernacular, but I think it matters for me. It matters at least. I've been dealing with myself, managing myself. Uh, you know, I got to deal with my shit. Like, like I've not used language like, man, I'm cultivating something or I'm building something or I'm growing something. And I think a lot of times we look, we look at the mirror and we look at those negative parts and we say, oh, there's some shit for me to deal with. But we don't look at the mirror and we say, oh, this is my opportunity. So I think I think you you added a layer to that is that what is the conversation that you have with self when you throughout that entire time right yeah. from clean this mirror I'm gonna look in the mirror all right this is what I see right can I see it be honest about it but still talk about it from a place of love yeah. and then when I walk away the the negative self talk comes do I buy into that or do I approach that with love right and yeah. how and the more and more you start you know, walking in that love, like you say, you're able to do it more. You can look in the mirror longer, right? You can, that negative talk is shorter. Yeah, because you don't see it, because you don't see it as I'm looking in the mirror as some shit I don't like, or I'm looking in the mirror yeah. as some shit I got to handle. You're seeing, all right, I'm taking you. It goes from, because we could be like voyeuristic with ourselves. Walk it out, right? Like voyeurism is the concept that I'm looking almost at somebody in somebody's life, or looking at some the window of somebody's life, and I don't have permission, or I don't have, I don't have consent, or I don't have the the. It's I'm it's not centered around my lived experiences. I'm watching their sense their lived experiences, and we know that all too well because we you know we in timeline uh you know apocalypse right. Everybody's watching somebody else's life. Fam, it's so bad that we watch other people's lives and get pissed when they catch us. Low key, <laughs> I, I, I got a, I got a quick a quick one right. I got this mentor of mine uh, that does videos on Facebook, and I want to just check in and see like how they doing. I was like, man, I want to check see how they doing, and I check in and see how they doing. And you know how you mess up and you think you clicking a picture, but you clicking a live. And I clicked the live, and they was like, "Hey, T," and I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't want to be on this." <laughs> so it's like we want to, we want to, we want to like look into people's lives, but we don't even want to like have a conversation with them. Sometimes we just so that the, we can be voyeuristic with ourselves. Well, we're like it's almost like we're looking at this thing, and we say, "Well, I don't really have control in this area. I don't have, I can't do nothing about it." So I'm just looking in at it, you know. And I don't like, I don't like this story. I don't like what I see, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to push me to to get to the place to where it's like, oh, this is this is the opportunity I have. This is this is what I get to build for me. This is what I get to build for those that I love. And 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 the first person that I want to build yeah. because I love them is me. Yeah. And so it's like seeing it differently. So yes, I'm gonna look in the mirror and, and I'm willing, and of course, you know, if you while you're listening to us the whole podcast, you know, this is a figurative mirror. We're not telling y'all go clean well, go clean your mirrors, especially if you're taking selfies in your mirrors. I've seen <laughs> I've seen some wild shit. But, 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 yeah, but, but I'm not talking about a real mirror. We're talking about being honest with ourselves and have and, and really, you know, looking and saying, Hey, what what is going on with me? And what needs to be uh what what needs attention? That's a better way. Like I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer that if we want to know how to really treat each other, then we can we can learn a lot from plants. And we look at our plant and we say, "What needs attention?" Not like, "Oh, this is what I got to deal with." And I I want to I want to start looking at me differently and being like, "How can I? What attention do I need? What do I need to pay attention to? Right? You know, what part of me needs attention? What needs rest? What needs water? What needs food? You know what I mean? Like." Looking at myself in, in, from a nurturing perspective, from a building perspective, rather than looking at myself from like this transactional perspective of like I gotta do 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 do, 
Um, because I think some of, cause some of the things that we consider repair are not based on things that we have to necessarily always do. Sometimes it's just a realignment of how we see ourselves or sometimes it's, it's, it's acceptance. For years, fam, I couldn't accept compliments. Like I, people would say stuff to me and I would be like, who are you talking about? Like, why are you? And, and immediately I would respond unknowingly until one of my homies like let me know. I would respond by, by with, with self-denigration. Like, nah, man, I, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I ain't all that, man. You know, I'm just, and, and, and I'm not, what even being like the arrogant, you know, I'm, you know, trying to, you know, low key stunt. It was like, yo, I really would just be trying to deflect the, trying to deflect the compliment as if I didn't deserve it or as if I, I, I'm not deserve compliment or I don't deserve, or I didn't see myself. So, so, so sometimes it's not just a list of things I have to accomplish or purchase or buy. Cause I know we come on here a lot of times we talk about therapy, but we recognize that some people are in spaces where they can't afford therapy. Or some people are in spaces where they can't have access to certain things. And, and I don't want you to think that our healing journey has to just be like a list of things to do. Sometimes it's just giving yourself space. And, and even, I would say, just to kind of not touch on what you just said, what I learned is sometimes, like, for instance, saying, uh, yeah, I need counseling, but I can't afford counseling. Sometimes, you know, just acknowledging that you need it is you getting in conversation with the universe, with God to say, I need it, I can't afford it. You know, present the opportunity, please, right? Yeah, we pray for everything, fam. People who don't believe in God pray for stuff, mm. right? We pray for everything. Like we pray that our, our team wins. Like I, I have seen full on folks that do not believe in God with their hands up, like, please let this team win this championship. Like we pray for everything, but sometimes we won't pray for ourselves or the things that we really need. That's real. That's real. And I, and I think that's why, you know, for us, I think it's so it's so critical because eventually you start to change. Eventually you, you start to see yourself different yeah. and, and you're looking at the same person. But now the image that you're looking at isn't as bad as you thought it was. Yeah. And it's, it's not saying you're perfect, but you realize like you're giving yourself gratitude. You're giving yourself you know, grace, you're, you're loving on yourself. Right. And so it's funny because you say that, man, like, man, for some reason, lately, I get so many compliments on my teeth and, and it makes me it like, it makes me like, why your teeth are white? Your teeth are straight. Oh, you never had braces. What? You're lying. And, and, and it happens so much that because of the way in which I used to see myself, I didn't think I was attractive. And then it's like, oh, I was heavy set. So I'm looking at, I'm, I'm down on myself where I couldn't even receive that. And now I'm in a space where I'm like, low key, why do I think I was attractive? I'm low key fired, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm being honest, right? Like, I, I, like I'm not where I, I'm not where I want to be. But even right now, the way that I am, I'm fired. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, and, and so it's interesting because that turned into my relationships where I would seek out some of the baddest chicks just to make me feel more better about myself, right? Yo, and that's a bar. That's a bar. That's a bar that I don't think a lot of, hmm, I don't want to generalize too big. I don't think a lot of women understand that, about, that that's a major insecurity for a lot of men. And I don't think, I don't think that, I, I think people know that we could become transactional in our relationships and we can see people as like things like trophies. But I think, they've uh, often created the narrative that it's like this outward validating trophy. Like, yeah, look at, look at who's on my arm. I'm the, I'm the man. Right. And I, I don't know if they realize that sometimes people do this transactional trophy stuff and, and want to follow after certain women and certain men because of the, the lack of confidence that they have or, internally. Or even even if we replace it and just stay, say culturally, right? Um, replace that woman or that that partner, so to yeah. say, with shoes, cars. Uh, yeah. You trying you trying to make that person you trying to make somebody that feels insignificant internally feel significant. And and the thing is, uh, you know, Africans, we love to adorn. You know, we 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 been adorning ourselves with jewels and clothes and everything for you know millennia. Like we love to adorn, but what we've done in this culture of of buy 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 
is we've started to believe that I can be healed through that which I adorn myself with. I can be healed through that which I acquire. Because we're taught that, you know, shoot, you, I can go pick a, I get a magazine right now and I can find an advertisement and this person bought the car and now they're happy. This person bought the home and now they're happy. This person smoked this particular brand of cigars and now they're cool. This person wore this particular piece of clothing. And, now, you know, we, we, we're, we're taught that our happiness and our healthiness and our well-being is, is captured through that which we acquire. Not it's revealed to us internally or, it's, or that it's captured through what's revealed to us. Like we don't not taught that because you can't sell that because that's, you know, that's yeah. internal. Like I can't, I can't sell that to you. But then, but, and so what I will tell you is that if you're able to make that shift, now you start to look at all the shit that you accumulated to make you feel that way. And now you're like, do I even like this? Right. Like, do, I, do I like this? Right. Do I like this? And for some of us, we wake up and realize I'm married. <laughs> right. And, and, and now I have to figure out, I mean, and that's why I understand, man, like the lack of self-love. I think that plays a major role in the way in which we engage in relationships on a romantic level um, or even from a quote unquote business level. When we talk about what marriage is and how it has become more about a business than a love than love. But. It's, I mean, nah, because let's keep it real. Marriage, you know. OK, I, I give you a, I give you that marriage is a business space because uh Marriages is out here failing like startups, so I, I'm with you. Um, it's, it's definitely it's definitely some startup energy, but but the thing is, people are not coming into it like it's a startup. They're mm. com- they're coming into it like it's it, it's a business. A plus, it's an equation: a squared plus b squared equals plus c squared. Yes, they're coming to it like a it's a formula. And, <laughs> and and people that are, that are really starting businesses, they know that. Things can be dynamic. They know that there's a level of attention they have to put towards things, or they should know. There's a level of attention they got to push towards things and developing a product or developing uh, how they engage with the world, developing their why. Many of many marriages that I have heard of, friends that have been in marriage, relationships in general, relationships I've been in, I couldn't tell you how many marriages or relationships I've heard where somebody said, hey, this is our why. This is our collective impact. This is what we want to do in the world. It's normally like, I like him. I like him. Or I like her, I like her, I like them, however you roll, right? And I want to be married, so we're going to do it together. <laughs> like, it's not, you know, so yes, it's a business in the fact that it's a contract and that, uh, you know, when when people separate and they've acquired things, suddenly we got to talk about severance. But it's not been handled as a business, you know, with the same care. I think some people are more careful with their businesses than they are with their hearts and their relationships. And so I think like that's the part that when you said that I was like, yeah, you're right, but nah, fam, they they not we're not really looking at it like that because if we were, there was cer- there's certain things that kill productivity that we wouldn't do because they would mess up our money. But, but I also think that just shows in terms of business approach in general, where you have a lot of people saying they want a business, uh, but not willing to put in the work towards. Oh yeah, business. hell yeah, hell and, and, and yeah, I, right? Like it's, I think it's it's literally the same way in that. We approach love from a transactional standpoint. We approach marriage from a business standpoint. And just as many business, I bet you if we looked and saw the, what are the numbers in terms of businesses failing versus marriages failing, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of correlation over a period of time, right? Correlation meaning that they probably are very similar, right? I'm going to throw a wrench in even more. I I agree that possibly we could find some correlation. And I know it's totally not research-based for us to make these assumptions because they're not necessarily warranted. But nonetheless, right? Uh, But I'll throw another wrench in it. This might really blow your mind. I would argue it's a bunch of people that's married together where the marriages failed. And I think it's a bunch of people who haven't jumped the broom who have great marriages. Hey, I am all about that life partner game. (laughs) I'm going to be real. I am real. Like, I, like I, I, I can... I can confirm that I know people that's like, yo, we've never jumped the broom, but we've been together. We're going to be together. We're going to, you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of it is coming back to that conversation, fam, of not getting to know who we are and not being authentic and being truthful with ourselves and loving ourselves and creating space for ourselves and then taking our cues out, outside of us. Um, I, I use a term in my work uh, called toxic narratives or, or um, 
Oppressive narratives, that's what it is. And the definition that we use for oppressive narratives are narratives that are put upon a human being but are not indigenous to that human being. I think we take on a lot of oppressive narratives and we call those status quo. And I think that they guide our relationships, they guide how we engage with human beings. So yeah, I think that finessing that we come back to, how we finesse the man in the mirror, it really gets to us kind of relinquishing some of those oppressive narratives about ourselves and getting to know who we are, loving ourselves and giving ourselves space, and then watching that grow and create space for others. That's what I really think it comes down to. Or are we gonna just continue to finesse? Are we gonna continue to behave as if we're happy when we're not happy and behave as if we're cool with the way these relationships have been working when we're not really cool with it? And and it can't be real, fam. It can't be real when we got this many men who are depressed and hurt and heartbroken. Um, we the way we've been doing it ain't been working for the most part. And I and I think there's a way for us to get back to things that are more indigenous to ourselves of how we can engage with the world fruitfully and love on each other and love ourselves. So- so I realize that we may have some listeners who don't know what you mean when you say indigenous to ourselves. So can you break that down a little bit further? If, if you for every if you every day you woke up, somebody told you you was fat and ugly. They gave you an a, a oppressive narrative that may guide how you think, how you eat. It may guide how you see yourself. It may guide how you in, interact with the world because they decided to give you a narrative about yourself that oppresses your ability to self-determine. Because the oppression is extracting your dignity and extracting your ability to self-determine. So I'm I'm gonna use my oppressive narrative to dictate your future. You ain't gonna never be shit cause your daddy wasn't shit. Or, hey listen youngin, you can't trust these hoes. You know what I mean, look at, look at my life. Yep. Right. And you, you, you attach yourself to this oppressive narrative. You don't self-determine because you take the narrative and you internalize that narrative. Now, for your whole life, you fat and ugly. Or for your whole life, we can't trust these bitches. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't indigenous, meaning it was birthed from you. Mm. Now, if it was birthed from your experience and you made that decision or, or you, you know, if, if, if you don't like yourself and it was just you then it's like, okay, well then you need to you know, learn to love yourself, engage yourself differently. But most times, fam, it ain't that. Most times, I didn't wake up and say I'm fat and ugly. Most times, I have either compared myself to a standard presented to me in my social setting by society, mm-hmm. or I have received the oppressive narrative that is not indigenous to me. Mm-hmm. And we internalize both. That's good. That's just what it is, fam. Because I'm going to tell you one right here. This, this is the one... And this this is gonna sound crazy, but this is the one that we <laughs> that we know is real. I went to school with white kids. I went to school with white kids, and there were there were girls at the school. You know what I mean? And just for Terrence, Terrence is attracted to girls, so I'm just leave that conversation there. There there was girls at the school who were cute, but in their mind, based on the social structure of that school, if you asked them, well, who are the cute girls in school? They had a list. And so what would happen is this. You would see the cultural clash because they'd list those cute girls mm. to the black boys in the school and we'd be like, nah, fam. Mm. <laughs> we think whoop, 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 whoop is cute. And they looking like, you think I'm cute? And it's not because there's no value, they, they're not pretty, it's because they in a social concept, they're in a, they're in a context, a social context that, that conditions them to believe otherwise. Whereas if you would have shifted them and put them in a different school or a different space, they might have gotten different cues. Mm. They might have got a different message. But even those messages may not be indigenous to them. Because fam, the world can think you're beautiful, but until you figure it out, mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And until you figure out your beauty is not attached to something that can change or shift or be implanted or shaved down or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? And it's men or women. So I'm not, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm coming for cosmic, cosmic surgery or cosmetic <laughs> surgery for women. Like, 
fellas be finessing too. Like we have parts that we don't like and things that we do. If you find most guys, if you find a guy that just will not lose, leave the gym, you got a guy that's working out some things. Yeah. He's working out either some internal things or some mental, emotional things or some some self-esteem things around his body image. But nonetheless, like that's that's what we experience. We have these oppressive narratives that are placed upon us and we may not have signed up for them. And we allow them to dictate our lives. For years, man, I would have people like, uh, you know, have, you know, cousins or, or homies. I used to like to read books. I, used to, I liked, I, I told you, I'm not, I'm somebody that you got to make read a fiction book. I like nonfiction. I want to learn. I, I want to know what's happening in the world. I want to know how I can see this thing differently than I saw it before. I want to add to what I know about certain concepts and constructs. So I want to learn. So I would have people see me reading the books. So what would be the responses? Fam, man, it's summer. Why are you reading? Or fam, you think you know everything. So then what do I do? I internalize that you think you know everything. And I don't want nobody to think I know nothing. Mm. So I, sh- I, I hide. I hide my light. I, I've literally been in full conversations where I know everyone in this conversation is saying the exact wrong thing. And I have the answer. But I won't give it. Because hey, I don't want them to think I know everything. It made me think of uh, it's a YouTube artist named um, Big John. Ah, I know John. I know that. One of his videos, he was. Uh, it was like they did a series when the homies are stupid. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, I know I've that. Been there, and you want to yeah. answer him. You want to say yeah. something. But then they be like, oh, you think. So we in turn. And then they see you be like, no, just say something. I mean, what is it? What is it? Then you tell them. And everybody run, they be like, man, you think you know everything. Like, damn, nigga, I ain't even want nothing to do with this conversation. I'm nope. here, my business. Yeah. And so th- those are examples of things that are not indigenous. And I know I went pretty long, but I want people to understand that. Like, we, we have been receiving oppressive narratives. Shit, we turn on the news. Okay. I don't know the legal nothing of what's going on with Herbo, right? But what I do know is when I see somebody doing something I feel like is dirty. So let me give you an example. So I guess G Herbo is having some issues uh, with the court system over something, right? News article comes out Friday. I think it was the Tribune or WGN or one of those. News article comes out. Okay. First of all, they put a picture of homie when he's half pitch. Well, like you know, he was he was he was pitching the ball in a Sox game, but it wasn't before the pitch or after the pitch. It's where like he has like a weird ass look on his face when he's throwing the pitch. Already, you didn't you didn't you put a picture of him where he looking gotcha. crazy, right? Gotcha. You could have there's pic, he has photo shoots like you can find <laughs> pictures of him on red carpets. You can find all types of pictures of him, but you want to find a picture where he's in the middle of a pitch at the <laughs> White Sox game. That's one. Then the heading says, uh, you know, like Chicago rapper, uh, you know, in deep water with another Fed with a Fed issue. You know what I'm saying? Or something crazy like that. Uh-huh. And then when you read the article, the article only talks about this particular legal dispute, but it doesn't talk about any of the other things that humanizes this human being. Hmm. The impact he makes on the community, how he supports his community, the, the impact he has on youth. They're not, they're not saying anything to, to make this a full human being. That's the type of shit, the messaging we get. We need like, like that, like we those moments like that. That's one of those indoctrination moments where we're receiving oppressive narratives, and we may not catch them because we think that's just normal. Yeah, bro, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can count on my hands how many uh, mugshot men, I've, black men, I've seen on TV. I can't count on my hands. It's too many. But we can't, I couldn't, same time, I can't remember the last time I saw a mugshot of a white woman on television. And I was even thinking, you know, I wasn't thinking about the pink toes. Um, I was thinking about how, and the only time we get an opposite is when it's a black man or a black boy in a suit, right? Again, giving us that, that binary, binary meaning two options, pick one. And so that's what I love about the organization that I'm working with. And I feel like it's my life's work. It's changing this narrative of what what it means. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be educated and cool and this and that. You, you can't be this. You don't have to be one way or the other, right? And, yeah. and if you're wearing hoodies and jeans and this, that, and the other, that doesn't mean you out here, you know, 
doing certain things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I think and maybe I think, unless you had on Black Air Force Ones, but you know, we're working on that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, man. The only the only it was time. crazy, G, we used to rock Black Air Force Ones back in the day and it was nope. no problem. Nope. Now, no, no, I did on, not. No, I did not. Not, not where I'm on, from. Uh, shit, I did. If you had on um what was it? Niggas used the the Reeboks, right? Yes, there you go. Because you couldn't you couldn't get the K Swiss, you know what I'm saying? No, hold on. So let's stop. So this is one. This is one of those moments, y'all. All I know. Right, I know. We go. almost two hours into this talk, but this is one of the moments where you recognize that Nino's from the Shy, and while I've been living in the Shy for damn near 15 years, I'm from I'm from East St. Louis, where where we from. Yes, we wore the Reeves, but we wore the Soldier Slim hard bottom Reeves. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. Everyone, everyone that's, that's listening to this podcast and shaking their head and saying, "Yup, they know what it is." That's all that matters. <laughs> we. Young men only wore K-Swiss where I'm from. Okay, let me say this, because I can think of two people. I only can think of two guys, and I'm not going to say their names, because they're grown, and I think they even look back at them and be like, why was I wearing K-Swiss? <laughs> Most young men that were wearing K-Swiss where I'm from were wearing K-Swiss because they were the base in a cheerleading squad. <laughs> because where I'm from, K-Swiss are cheerleading shoes. Ah. It's that regional shit, right? Because I remember, I remember when the summer hit, niggas was wearing K Swiss with yes. no socks. So I came to U of I. So Pete, so I come to college, <laughs> and I see all these dudes wearing K Swiss. I'm like, shit, the the the, it's a ton of men in the cheerleading team. Like the cheerleading team is busting. Like the, it's everybody in the cheerleading team live on my floor. So like, the, no. <laughs> that's the that's the energy I got when I started seeing dudes in these K Swiss. So where we from? We wore Air Force Ones. We did. The only period where I can I can say for sure that East St. Louis dudes may have been wearing black Air Force Ones was during the Yeezy the Yeezy epidemic. Not Ye- not Yeezy the uh, the uh, Snowman. No no no. no. I'm thinking oh, about uh, the Jeezy the Jeezy the Jeezy epidemic. And the reason why I call it a Jeezy epidemic because if you remember, don't ban the Snowman or whatever that, that mixtape was. T shirts. The, the, there you man. go. It was a thing. It was like all of a sudden everybody hey, changed their outfit. Dude's talking about no no snowman allowed. If you come in, put, yes. I'm gonna send you if you wear a snowman. You couldn't t-shirt. wear a snowman. You could like we couldn't wear a snowman t shirt to a union party. <laughs> Are you a Certain parties you couldn't wear certain things, fam, because they because they they got they thought it was gang related. Nigga, that's just crazy. Yes. So coming back to what I'm saying, that's one of those regional things, but. I get you. I get you know. I get get where the fact is that we need to come back to figuring it out to bring this to an end because we've been doing this for a minute. We need to figure out us, and we need to love us. That's what it comes down to. We got to figure out us, and we need to love us. And so I feel like we've we've talked this through. I feel like there will always be a moment where we're finessing ourselves. I think the work of it is to catch it when it's happening or after it's happened and make space for ourselves to, to move differently and engage differently and give ourselves that love in that space. And I think we think we pinned that one down, fam. So uh, to all our listeners, we thank y'all for once again for listening to the Hill Black Man Hill podcast. Reach out to us. Hit us up. Check in on us. We got social medias. It's at Hill Black Man on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you for all the support that you've given us for listening to the podcast, uh, for, you know, those guys that are part of our cypher, for all the things that are happening with the Hill Black Man Hill movement. We know that we're building it together one brick at a time, and we thank you for listening in. You know, you got anything to say as we close out? Man, I just peace and love to everybody. Um, I tell myself all the time, Rome wasn't built in a day. So we'll just take it one day at a time and just look in the mirror. Yeah, clean that. Clean the mirror. Look in the mirror. <laughs> love on yourself, and stop sending these stupid ass future <laughs> memes and rust memes, fam. Like that's goofy. Stop being a st- hey. Listen, hey, free future, man. And I'm not capping for neither one of them. All men and all human beings are capable of all things. Just mm. just leave it there. So you could be you listen. Barack <laughs> Obama get on Michelle nerves. <laughs> I think I think I think what some people are gonna say is the future Russell is so much more than getting on people's nerves. It's more so the the actions or the You don't know those actions. The perception of the extreme Exactly. Yes. Right? But then we also gotta remember how narratives work. 
narratives work a certain way. Narratives have a lean. Narratives can be used to communicate that somebody lacks value or that somebody is subhuman or somebody. It all comes back to the narratives that we're taking in. And if we are out here pushing these narratives for joke, like I, 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 it sickens me because then what then we also know we live in the age of algorithm and these algorithms are paying attention. And then we wonder why we get fed a certain thing in our algorithm. You'll, st- you'll quickly learn why. We will talk about that in another episode. But peace and love to you all. Please stop sending the memes. <laughs> <laughs> like find something. Like if you ever want to, like they be funny though. They be really funny. But if you ever want to like send out a future or a rest meme, instead read a book. Or, or instead <laughs> like write a letter to your 17 year old self. Like those are way doper to me <laughs> than any of that. But peace and love to y'all. We'll, hear you. we'll talk to y'all next time. Holla.